Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Loho, Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a football junkie, this pod is for you. This episode is chock full of just great analysis and NFL and college and honestly high school stuff. So check this out. You've probably heard over the last couple years the the initials rpo and you usually on the other side of that you hear run pass option because apparently you can't say rpo without saying run pass option although people keep talking about that they don't explain it very well and the bears run a system that is filled with run pass option so over the last few weeks i've been talking with smart football people who do a good job of explaining exactly why RPOs work. I will say this off the top because it comes up a lot when I have the discussion. This is not running option where the quarterback is going to run and he has the option to keep or flip. There are elements of that, especially with a quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky, who has the ability to run but that's not what these offenses are built on, okay? So I wanted to clear that up, first of all. And I wanted to explain to you the, the guests that I've had on the show and on the pod to break this down. First up is Brian Baldinger. And the, the reason that I, I got Brian Baldinger on the show to talk was specifically for this podcast, to talk about run-pass option. The reason why is that I saw him do a video at NFL Films with Doug Peterson, the Eagles head coach, where they went through the blackboard and kind of explained it all, at least what Peterson would do on the first day of his install. So I thought that he would be a really good dude to talk to you about this. Plus, he's got a radio.com podcast as well. So you can check out his podcast after you're done checking out mine. It's chock full of, of football information. So... I wanted to start off with him since he was kind of the impetus for me wanting to do this podcast. So this is me and Brian Baldinger talking about the bare bones aspect of run pass option. 
the concepts of run pass option have been around. Um, it's been taken to a different level now um, because of what linemen are doing. I mean, linemen can really sell the run right now. And really, when you ask an offense, because the play will come in as an RPO into the auto. So the line really doesn't know if you're going to run it or throw it. It's the quarterback's decision based on what the defense is showing them. But almost every offensive lineman will tell you that they're just, they can't go wrong by being the best run blocking um, on that play that they can be. And then it's up to the quarterback to decide where it goes. And it's just, it's put the good inside linebackers and safeties in quicksand right now. They're really frozen at, um, you know, during some of these contests right now when they're not really sure what's going to happen. And it's really up to the defense right now to sort of make the next move in this chess, just chess match that's going on. How disciplined do offensive linemen have to be on that play? Because defensive players are already complaining that, that, that it's unfair. It's an unfair advantage. But to make sure that they don't get penalized, how, how disciplined do offensive linemen have to be? Well, I mean, you've got you to know that you can't be that far downfield. I mean, sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll be running a scoop block and you can be three yards down the field. You can get good push. And, you know, I mean, they're not really enforcing it. And that's one of the reasons why RPOs are really flourishing. But they're really technically not supposed to be more than a yard down the field. So um, it's up to really – and it's hard. It's hard to officiate because there's no umpire in the middle of the field. They're behind the line of scrimmage now. So it's very difficult for the officials to officiate that play. So linemen – are kind of pushing it in college. Forget it; it's out of control in college. But in the NFL, I mean, it's it's kind of difficult to monitor right now, and so it really favors the offense. If you were a defensive coordinator, what would be your way of trying to slow down some of those RPO looks? Well, I think um, man coverage kind of can eliminate a lot of it. You know, I mean, you're just man coverage. I mean. Um, you take away the, the inside slant um, and just jump that slant because that's really where the ball is going most of, most of the time. I mean, the Eagles kind of had a version. And other teams are evolving now where they're throwing some out cuts instead of the in cut, but it's just a little easier for the quarterback to either put the ball in the belly and just give throw type uh, movement. And the throw is usually the quick slant to the, you know, the slot receiver or tight end, whatever it might be. But if you take that inside route away, um, it's going to hamstring the quarterback. If you make him just double clutch just once, I mean, you're going to that play is going to be eaten if you're looking to throw it. So, what's the demand for for on the quarterbacks in, in these systems, and and why are the best guys at it? The best guys at it, like even even and you were looking at in this particular video, you you guys were looking at video of Nick Foles, and one wouldn't think, oh, well, Nick Foles is the perfect guy to to run this system but he clearly is one of the best to run this system now considering the success that he's had in this. In this. So what does a quarterback need to succeed in this offense? Well, I mean, I think, first of all, it, it's not really a quarterback option to run. So don't think of the Deshaun Watsons or the guys that can really run with the ball. It's not really it, – it, it can be an option. Carson Wentz can pull it and run it. Deshaun Watson can pull it and run it. You can have three options. But for the most part, it's really just good eyes and good footwork. 
and knowing what you're looking at and selling the fake. Um, you know, it's up to the running back if he doesn't get the ball to remove himself from the play. And so the running back has to kind of play a part in this thing too. But really it's just the quarterback's ability just to see what the defense is doing with his eyes up down the field. Some guys are a lot better at keeping their eyes down the field than others. But as soon as your eyes drop as a quarterback in this business now, you're, you're, I mean, you're, the play is done. You're, you're not going to make a good play. So you're watching Baker and Mahomes. These guys, they ran these systems uh, in their air raid system at Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Um, and so, you know, they, they, they've got a kind of a head up because they've been doing it at a pretty high level in the college game. And it wasn't really that big of a transformation for them to do at the NFL level. So these young kids who are playing the position in high school, if the trend continues and there isn't a pushback from the, the defenses, they're at a distinct advantage than, than maybe quarterbacks who are in different systems. Yeah, but I don't think it's anything. I mean, Tom Brady can run the system. You know, I mean, he's, been, he's running just about every kind of system there is. But they really went to a, a spread shotgun offense when they started studying what Urban Meyer was doing in Florida. And they've implemented that. They're a big. They're a team that really likes in cuts a lot. Um, you know, you think about Edelman and Wes Welker, some of these guys that have flourished with 100 plus catches a year, and the routes that they're running. They're all running option routes and pivot routes. Everything kind of to the inside. That's kind of where the ball's going. Rarely does it go, you know, down the field and outside the numbers. And so he can run that. He can run that just as well as anybody else. I mean, I don't. I don't think that it takes a particular type of um, athlete in order to excel at that type of read. What did you think of what the Bears were able to do offensively last year, and what's kind of the next thing that they need to do to be a, a, a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Well, I, I mean, first of all, they hit on every free agent they brought in, whether it was Gabriel or Trey Burton or Allen Robinson or Anthony Miller in the draft. I mean, all four of those guys came in and contributed right away. That's rare that you're taking guys and they're plugging them into a brand-new system with a second-year quarterback, a first-year starter, really, and making this thing go. And I I, I thought that was really – so I I thought there must be some really great teaching going on. Guys are on the same page. And then I thought that, you know, the ability that Trubisky has to extend plays is about as good as any quarterback in the league. I don't know how many first downs he ran for, but it was a lot. Um, extending drives and killing teams on third downs. And then I just think the way that they're, you know, that they use, um, you know, the running backs. And you're going to see David Montgomery at Iowa State this year. And I do Big 12 games on Saturday. And this guy has got incredible contact balance. And I think that's why they were willing to get rid of Jordan Howard. I think they thought they could get a fresher guy in that's a lot like what Kareem Hunt was in Kansas City a couple of years ago, same type of player, same speed, same coach, same system. And um, he can be, you know, a, 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 just a rotation back with what else they have there. It's so funny because everyone that I've talked to about David Montgomery, Brian, has, has kind of said the same thing that you have. I, I had one guy say the guy's Superman. So you saw him up close. What makes him so special? Well, I'm just that. I mean, when I say contact balance, I mean, he is a difficult guy to tackle. And you can you can hit him, and he bounces off a lot of tackles. He keeps himself alive. He spins. He's got a strong lower body. He's got incredible balance. Um, 
You know, I mean, there's very little he can't do with the ball, and he doesn't fumble. He, he traps the ball to his body, and he's a complete team guy. I mean, if you want him to block, he can block. If you want him to catch, he can catch it out of the backfield. I mean, he's a real all-around back. He's just the only thing he lacks is he doesn't have great speed. But Kareem Hunt didn't have great speed. I mean, all these guys, guy in Pittsburgh was a four six five guy. Kareem Hunt was a four six two guy. Uh, Montgomery's a four six three guy. I mean, they're all in the four sixes, but it's their balance and their ability to run between the tackles that is going to make them a good NFL back. Okay, so now you got kind of the skeleton of what happens in run-pass option offenses. And I really love that Brian also kind of explained how the Bears use it and what advantages they have using it and running that offense versus other teams. And that's why I asked about Nick Foles and and the difference between Nick Foles and a guy like Mitchell Trubisky, for example. The second person that I want you to take a listen to is my buddy Anthony Heron. Real talk, I think Anthony's one of the smartest guys doing football commentary, period. Anywhere in the country, no matter what. He and I got into a conversation about run-pass option and the fact that Anthony has covered high school football at the highest level. He does the U.S. Army game that they have, the the All-Star game. So he's familiar with it on the high school level, on the college level, because he does Pac-12 football, and how it's matriculated. It's a good, good football word. Matriculated to the NFL. So here's Anthony explaining why it puts so much pressure on defenses. Especially the, the way that it threatens the edge of the defense is where it puts the main stress. But what's a bit underrated about the run pass option is that when, when you're doing an RPO, the immediate stress is there on the edge of the defense. But what it really does is it saps the pursuit of the defense. Because a lot of times when, when a really elusive runners, when you're Tariq Cohen types, when you're Anthony Miller types, get the ball and the defense, they immediately have the defense outflanked because it's a, you know, let's just say it's a quick pass outside the numbers, and they have the ability to get the ball in their hands in space and then quite often can cut it back against the grain. If there's not an immediate angle or lane to take it directly up the sideline, you'll see them make moves, wiggle, start to cut it back against the grain and elude defenders. And if the pursuit isn't in position to stop them, then it makes the life of the defense that much more difficult because you get so many yards after the catch. So where the immediate impetus is on the edge of the defense to try and read if you're going to have a handoff up the middle, if the quarterback's going to keep it for a moment or keep it extensively running himself, or then if you get the immediate threat with a now route where the ball is thrown outside the numbers, it's the edge of the defense that we visually pay the most attention to. But where the biggest plays end up getting made with the run-pass option is because of the strain it puts on the interior, on the inside-out pursuit of the defense, because it may be your inside linebacker who's reading something on the interior for a moment, who thinks maybe the ball was handed off or thinks that perhaps it wasn't that inside zone, but the QB is going to keep it right off tackle and doesn't immediately take that pursuit angle that'll take him inside out towards someone who's got the ball outside the numbers and then when you get that speed that elusiveness and the the pursuit angle if it's not perfect or if it's not fast enough 
then you find yourself in a, in a position where there's a lot of guys trailing the play and not in an angle where they can make the make the tackle at the point of attack right there before it breaks out into open spaces. So that's one of the underrated things about the RPO, that when you do have something that threatens the interior very briefly, it saps the pursuit of the defense because you can pretty much put a defense in position where they're always wrong. You force them to make that interior read initially, and then it saps their pursuit after that. That's what I was going to say. It seems like the defense is never right when it comes to hmm. diagnosing that play. Now, the third person that I'm going to talk to you about this is Michael Felder. Michael Felder is an analyst at Stadium Network. He's terrific. If you missed our conversation, I actually had him on the podcast a few weeks ago. Go back into it because he broke down every single one of the Bears draft picks. And it's amazing what what he was saying about them and the depth of film work that he has done on each and every one of those guys. The part that isn't in the podcast is going to be in this one. He and I had a long discussion about run pass option. And this is another guy who he, he understands this from a playing standpoint, just like Baldy and, and Anthony. Michael was a really great high school player that played college ball at North Carolina. And now he spends his time breaking down tape. So he sees a lot of run pass option. So I asked him to explain why it's made its way to the NFL and why it's so successful. Listen to the way that he defines how, how bad a spot, if done correctly, run pass option does to defensive players. Well, a couple of reasons. One, they're effective because they put high stress on defenders. You're in the wrong place. You're always in the wrong place because they've got – they have a pass or a run predicted based upon where you're lining up. So the, the RPOs are a lot of this pre-snap. Post-snap, package plays. Package plays are also an absolute killer, which is where you have – it's basically – it's an option. So you can do a bunch of different stuff based upon whichever thing the defender chooses to do. So he's gonna, you're going to be wrong. And the reason why they've, they've kind of matric- – they've, they've moved, on up to, moved up into the NFL is because this is what guys are playing. This is what guys are playing in high school – it's what guys are doing in college, and it helps them. Instead of going through that full progression on your play, when you're going through that full progression as a passer, looking, okay, I'm looking one, I'm looking two, I'm looking three. Now you're now you're looking at, okay, is this defensive end? Is he standing up? Is he is he two? Is he out of the box? Or excuse me, this linebacker is he out of the box or is he in the box? If he's in the box, we're going to take this slant because we know he can't get to that slant. Is he out of the box? Then we're going to take this. He's out of the box. We're going to take this zone because we know he can't get back in here to cover to to make a play on that run. So I think that those things are super influential, and it really has created. And it's interesting you mentioned the book hybrid because it really has created this need, this necessity for hybrid defenders, guys that are able to do linebackers that can do safety stuff and safeties that can do linebacker stuff and nickels that can do everything. You're right, and and you're you're seeing some of that start to happen where guys are like a guy like Tyron Matthews. Yes. I, I remember years ago where it's like he doesn't have a position, yep. and now it's like it's great that he doesn't have yes, a position because exactly. we need a guy like that. We need a guy that can do a little bit of everything. It's it's fantastic seeing him seeing him. I'm really happy for him. Like he is one of my favorite players to to watch ever. Watching him at LSU, the things that he was able to do, uh, just being around the football, forcing turnovers, coming out of nowhere to to make plays. In, within the structure in LSU, I think, should get a lot of credit for that. For letting him play outside of the structure of a basic defense, 
because they recognize that he's going to be able to stop some things that most people that our basic defense is not equipped to do. So if you're a defender in today's NFL and you're looking at the Bears offense and what Matt Nagy does with the RPOs and also with some of the window dressing that he does yep. pre-snap, what's your goal as a defender on each play? I think the goal for defenders has got to be to simplify things and recognize that where you're going to be lined up and, and recognize where you're supposed to be lined up in terms of what your base defense is or what defense you're playing. And if you're supposed to be three by one, be three by one. If you're supposed to be, you know, four by three, be four by three. But recognize that you play for what you feel like is going to hurt you the most. And then you play to, you play, you play biggest pain to smallest pain, essentially, where you look at, okay, right now, this quick slant, I'm going to make sure I'm wide enough to stop this quick slant. And then I'll play to this run play. I'm going to, I'm going to be wide enough out here for this flat jet sweep action but I need to recognize that this zone run is where I need to get back to. If, if you, as you mentioned, the window dressing, if they're running motion side to side, you need to make sure you're capable of making that play on that speed out that comes out of that out of the backfield, or capable of getting a stop on that fly sweep. But also being able to get back to your in, to that inside run, which is all they're trying to do is move you out of the box so that they can get back in there and have a numbers game against you. It's kind of like the same thing as the offense where, especially now, like some of the air raid stuff where it's, well, we'll add on that we'll start going deep and then we'll look to intermediate and then we'll dump if we have to, where the defender is like, let's guard against deep, let's check intermediate, and then let's run to the ball if they dump it off. Yeah, Um, Alex Grinch, defensive coordinator at Oklahoma now, was at at Ohio State and was at Washington, Washington State before that, but he has a great take on it. Like his whole philosophy is he wants to make sure that his guys have play with good leverage so that they're in the right spot, lined up in the right spots. He wants to force the quarterback to throw check downs. And then he wants to get his guys to rally to the football. And that's what defense is now. You can't like, there's times where you can apply pressure with blitzes. There's times you can have a great player who can get to the quarterback by himself. But a lot of what really, what constitutes really good defense is forcing them to throw the check down and making them check down all the way down the field and rally to the football to make sure that you're making tackles because if you can force them if you can force them to make that simple play a lot of times they're going to make mistakes and then you've got an opportunity to force that punt so that you can get the ball back to your offense. I heard that philosophy quite a bit covering the Bears under Lovey Smith. That was his feeling that we're going to play our cover to. Yeah. Because we don't think that you can make a 14-play drive. Bingo. Because you're going to get a holding call or you're going to get a false start or there's going to be an incomplete pass on a third down. Something bad's going to happen and our defense is going to win or they're going to hold and you're only going to get three. Yep. Boom. So that's our first attempt to help make me, that's a big part of this, a smarter analyst when it comes to talking about the Bears offense in particular and the game overall and its evolution. And I think that it's valuable for you as a fan of the game to to really have a better grasp of what you are watching on a weekly basis in the NFL and maybe even in college too. But I was thinking since this is, since I'm, I'm, I'm emanating from Chicago and a lot of people will ask me about the Bears, I want to better understand what their offense is, and I want to share that understanding with you. So hopefully this helps, and I will tell you that this will this will not be the last time that we broach this particular subject. As I get more guests on, as I get more access to people around the Bears, 
I'm gonna keep doing stuff like this to, to keep trying explaining some of the stuff that we talk about on the air or talk about in podcasts or that you see every week when you're watching Bears games. So I hope you got something out of it. I loved doing this. Thanks to, to Brian Baldinger, Anthony Heron, and Michael Felder. Michael Felder, by the way, you can follow on Twitter at in the bleachers. If you're not already following him, I suggest that you do so before football season starts. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.